We hear a lot about millennials, millennials' culture, what they're doing, how they approach life. We certainly, as healthcare providers, deal with them and how they're approaching their own health. And may I say, from what I find, millennials seem to be treating themselves quite well from a health standpoint. But today we have a very special guest, Brian Peavy. And Brian Peavy is going to take a look at millennials, but he's going to look at millennials from the standpoint of social responsibility. Like, should they shift towards social responsibility? Are they doing more as far as the environment around them? So first of all, Brian, welcome to the program. Thanks so much for having me, Brian. Now, your background, maybe you can describe for us better, but obviously you're involved in the business world. Tell me a little bit about what you do. I have a company called ProfitShare, and it's a relatively straightforward business model at the outset. We buy and flip houses. The major difference that we do is we actually share some of the profits after we resell the home with the people that we originally bought it from. When you do that, obviously it's a business model. You got into business, you do it. It's obviously something that's pretty successful or you wouldn't do it. But my question is, how'd you get involved in thinking about millennials and what they're doing and their social responsibility? Where did that fall into play? I saw a shift in the past, oh, I don't know, five, 10 years of people in general, not necessarily just millennials, but people in general, searching out alternatives for both their buying power of their own dollars, but also where they want to work. They want to work and put their efforts and dollars behind a cause and behind things that they believe in. Put your money where your mouth is kind of deal. That model kind of morphed into what we're doing now because we wanted to be able to give back to the community and contribute towards an overall perspective of doing the right thing. I think that's what we tried to achieve with creating profit share because ultimately the people that we buy the houses from understand that people are going to make money on the flip of their house. And we wanted to do the right thing by giving some of that back to them. You're listening to Primary Care Today on ReachMD. I'm your host, Dr. Brian McDonough, and you might be wondering, why am I interviewing this expert on Primary Care Today? What I wanted to talk about was your approach in dealing with millennials and Generation Xers and others in social responsibility and physicians who are trying to make it in a practice setting. You know, here they are, they're trying to work, everything's changing around them. From a business perspective, as a CEO, how do you advise physicians and healthcare providers to make the most of their situation from a business standpoint and also to do what they want to do, which is help their patients? Where do you see a tie in there? Well, I have kind of a unique perspective in the fact that my wife is a physician. So I understand the pains and whatnot that she deals with and therefore what many practitioners probably are. And I think as far as millennials go, and then trying to connect with them and also harness their buying power is to make sure that whatever message or cause that you want to support, that it's genuine. And that it's not just to fluff over and grab their business and everything else, because they see through that. There's so many avenues now in the digital world to be able to research a company or a physician or a cause to be able to see that, you know, it's really just a marketing ploy. It's really not your heart and soul. And so as a physician, I think if you're going to support a cause, make sure it's one that's close to your heart that you really believe in and you want to put some serious effort to because millennials will see through it. I did my research. I didn't know you were married to a physician. And that's actually a nice little bonus as we chat because I'll be curious and I want to get too personal with you. But when you give advice to her or other physicians in general, from your perspective, obviously you're coming at it as a business person. They're looking at it as a physician. Do you see their frustrations or do you see them in a world where there's opportunity? Because as you mentioned, there's a lot more ways we can help our patients using social media, technology, those sorts of things. Yeah, I mean, I think it depends on the particular situation that they find themselves in and what particular mindset that they are in personally. 
So I'll take each one of them separately because working as an independent practitioner, I think you have different opportunities, different goals, different objectives than you would within a system. Within a system, you're bound by certain things and certain rules that you have to do, and hopefully you can connect with that right organization that you you know, feel empowered by and connect with your patients in a meaningful way. As far as connecting with patients and millennials as whatever system, that mindset that you have in seeing opportunities comes from within. So any challenge can also be seen as an opportunity. It just depends on how your perspective deals with that. Now, one of the things you said, and I was trying to do some work on your philosophy, you talked about how being selfish may get in the way in business and in life. Tell me a little bit about that. It makes sense, but where have you seen it from a business standpoint? There's lots of opportunities to buy houses in my market, particularly, let's say, in Boise, Idaho. And so being selfish particularly can lead you to the point of, let's say, offering $500 less on a house just because you think, well, you know, I don't know exactly how far that seller is going to go or what I really have to do in order to get to that property. And maybe just reining that in just a little bit makes your offer less competitive than somebody else's. So that $500 could make the difference between you getting the house and, let's say, making 20000 on that deal versus nothing. So every little aspect of that transaction, if you look at it as a whole and say, what is it that's going to be the best scenario for everybody and separate out whatever fear or selfish aspect you have, I think ultimately creates a better situation, especially long term. You're listening to Primary Care Today on ReachMD. I'm Dr. Brian McDonough. My guest is Brian Peavy, and Brian Peavy is the CEO of ProfitShare. And we're actually talking about his business, but how it relates to medicine as well. It's kind of interesting because I think all businesses, I grew up in a family where my dad was in sales, and I think everything is essentially the same. People just pick different areas that they're intrigued by. You actually picked a very risky one in the sense I know maybe a decade ago, people were flipping homes and doing this and that and everybody had a different idea and then a lot of people got hurt by it. How have you been able to make your business model work with those inherent risks and trying to make the best for the people you're sharing profits with and also yourself? Well, I think the primary reason why we're able to be successful in trying to avoid or mitigate risks is simply by having the experience in the market and in the industries. My partner, He's been involved in construction management and construction in general for nearly 25 years. So when he walks into a project, he knows what he's looking at. A lot of people that flip houses simply don't know what it's going to take in order to flip that house. They don't see the minor nuances when you look at a crack in a ceiling and think, oh, yeah, I can just throw some putty over that or toothpaste or whatever they think they might be able to get away with. But knowing what structural components might have caused that and what are the underlying factors in those things help us be able to derive those remodeling costs from the outset safely so that we know what that's going to be. Secondly, I grew up in Boise, and so I know that market. I was a realtor there and later developed property, and so I know that market very well. And when opportunity is presented to us, I understand what we can remodel it for and what it's going to be worth when we get done. You know, you brought up something that um, I teach young doctors as part of a residency program, and by no means am I somebody who went out and started huge practices. I've been in the academic world, but in dealing with them, what I tell them is you do need to do your research ahead of time and don't think you're so smart. I think one of the things we do as physicians is sometimes we think, well, we tested well, we were top of our class in college, we went through medical school, all these things. 
the rest of the world has no way of keeping up with us. And I remember my dad was in business saying, don't think you're so smart because that's when people take advantage of you. Learn and try to figure things out. And I think that's what you're kind of doing. You're saying, I've got somebody with me who has experience for 25 years. I know the market. You have to really know what you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I was with my wife when she went through medical school and on to residency, and I can definitely relate with that example of, yeah, until you've been through all of that, until you have that experience behind you to know what's going to happen when that patient's on the table, don't grab that scalpel until you're ready and you know what's going to happen. And in our world, you don't grab that jackhammer until you're ready and you understand what's going to happen. What do you see, again, when you're talking about millennials, and I'm really interested in this concept, what are they doing right? Because I have kids in that age group, and I kind of have to say, I don't think it was necessarily me, I look at them and go, they seem like they've got a better understanding of the world that I may have. They also seem like they are much more open to ideas and accepting of others than I may have been at the same age. Have you seen that? You know, I have, and I think a lot of that has to do with the amount of information that they've grown up being used to processing. Now, I will say that, especially in this past election and in years past, there's a lot of information that comes across that may not be valid or may not be accurate. And so being able to sift through that and know what might be fact or fiction, I think, is something that millennials have become particularly accustomed to and wanting to seek out those answers. So when you say, I think they may have a better touch on it, I think they're just able to filter information better and seek out those answers and sort out what might be their true beliefs by doing so. Now, do you guide them in your business as far as what they're going to choose, as far as what they purchase? Do you try to help them with their decisions? You know, I do. Just like any buyer, whether it was a millennial or not, I think it's important for people to get a home inspection, regardless of the fact that we just went through and remodeled the place. I wouldn't trust anybody. I would trust a third party to tell me, yes, this is a structurally sound house. The plumbing's in good order and everything else, just like you would seek out or recommend to your patients to seek out a second opinion. Make sure you double check everything before you proceed. I encourage people to do it. It's a couple hundred dollars. Provides peace of mind, if nothing else. You know, it's funny. We're doing this interview, and I feel that part of my listening audience is probably saying, keep asking the buying a house question because I'm going to buy a house. Other people are probably saying, why is he talking about buying houses? But when you put it all together and somebody is a physician in a practice, these are the kind of decisions they have to make, whether they're buying equipment for their office, whether they're buying their own home for their family or whatever. Again, it comes down to the research understanding what you need and what you do. In your relationship with your wife, do you step in at certain times and give guidance on the business end? On the business end, I particularly do. So she was an independent practitioner and, you know, I helped her collect her AR and boy, I'll tell you, that's no easy task. Even for somebody with an MBA, you know, that's a complex world. I'm glad that she has plenty of billing help. But now that she's working within a system in Redmond and Bend, Oregon with uh, St. Charles, you know, she has a number of people behind her. And I think... Probably the thing that I help her with the most is the politics behind the whole organization. I mean, she enjoys working where she is, but just like with any organization, there's politics behind it. Getting back to your other point, you know, when you talk about your listeners and what parts they might be interested in learning more about, I think one of the bigger questions, if I was one of those listeners, because a lot of physicians, they come out of medical school and they have a lot of medical knowledge, but at least my wife didn't get a lot of that business and practical knowledge. When you come out, you don't know what to do with your money. You don't know where to put your money. And I would say seek out socially responsible businesses to invest with. Boy, you bring up a great point because I think you're so right. I always tell my residents, at least when I went through, we didn't learn about natural medicines, herbs, those sorts of things. 
and we learned nothing about business. I mean, I was an English major in college. I went to med school, and then all of a sudden, I'm expected to try to run a practice. You get none of that. In fact, at least for most people, maybe the last decade it's changed, but for most people in medicine and their training, it was almost put down if you were concerned about the business side. Like, worry about the pure medicine. Don't worry about that. But I think you're so right. You can't help your patients if you can't make your practice work. Right. You won't be in business long if you can't run the business, can't pay your employees, can't take care of your insurance premiums. Everything else will go to the wayside. We only had about 30 seconds with Brian PV. I want to ask you one last question, though, and this is one I wanted to ask from the beginning. So you're in a situation where you're advising millennials, you're advising doctors, whatever. When you do that and you try to give your input to them, if you had to say the top two things that you think were important to make sure that you could be successful, what would they be? I would say to be diligent in your research and really search your heart to make sure that the people you're investing with or the house that you're buying is really true and core to your beliefs. And basically stick with what you feel in your gut and you probably won't go wrong. Exactly right. Brian Peavy, I want to thank you for joining us on Primary Care today. It was a very interesting and different show, and I appreciate you taking the time to join us. Thank you so much, and I appreciate your listeners enjoying the program as well. If you only heard part of this or you caught it halfway, you can obviously join us at ReachMD.com slash Primary Care today. You can download the podcast, and you can hear what's going on, and I thank you so much for listening.